Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and my guest this morning is Dr. Alexander Sulak-Velidza, and he just goes by Sandro for short, which I appreciate. Sandro is a brilliant internationally recognized expert in phage technology, which is actually the topic of our interview this morning. He also uh, specializes in infectious disease epidemiology. Sandro is the chief scientist of the Intralytics Corporation, and he has some pretty interesting information he's going to share with us this morning. Welcome, Sandro, and thanks for joining us. Thank you, Karen. My, my pleasure. You know, you, I know you do a lot of things at Intralytics, but why don't you start? Uh, most people have never heard of phage technology, uh, and they certainly probably haven't heard of Intralytics. Talk to us a little bit more about what you do there and the services that Intralytics offers. Certainly. I company was formed to develop various types of products based on the phage platform technology. For people who don't know what bacteriophages or phages are, those are bacterial viruses. They are actually the oldest known organisms on this planet, probably existed around 3 billion with a B uh, years old. And they are arguably the most ubiquitous organisms on, the, on Earth. Uh, the numbers, the estimates vary, but they are typically in the range of 10 to the 30, 10 to the 32nd. So that's a lot of zeros if you think about it. Again, the most uh, ubiquitous organisms that we know of them. They are viruses that kill bacteria, and bacteria only. Bacteriophages cannot infect human cells or, or animal cells or plants and, and others. No eukaryotic cells. So that makes them very safe uh, for anybody but bacteria. They're also very specific. Uh, so if you think about antibiotics, antibiotics kill bacteria or slow the growth of bacteria. But, uh, but they just do it for many different types of bacteria, not necessarily the problem causing bacteria only. Uh, they do a miracle job. They're wonderful, but they have this uh, characteristics that they are not specific. Bacteriophages are very specific. They will only kill their targeted bacteria, will not kill anything else. So that could be a tremendous advantage because uh, we realize now that we don't, do not want to fight with bacteria. We, it's like there was a tendency in this world that we will trying to eliminate all bacteria around us. The antimicrobial soaps, antimicrobial toothpaste, everything was antimicrobial. And so I think as science develops, there is an increasing appreciation that we don't want to do that. Most of the bacteria are good for us. And so we really need to find a much more targeted and gentle approach that will only kill disease-causing bacteria without killing good bacteria. And bacteriophages allow you to do it. So uh, in a sense, the company was founded to explore this natural characteristics of bacteriophages and see if we can develop different types of products that can take advantage of that specificity, their, their ubiquitousness in the nature, and really target disease-causing bacteria, whether in human foods or pet foods or in any, any other settings without messing other things around. Yeah. And, and so I think that's where the future is going to have much more targeted approach as opposed to an H-bomb type of approach with, uh, with other antimicrobials. So I, uh, just to wrap this up, I use the expression of H-bomb uh, or nuclear bomb type of approach uh, when we're talking about typical chemical disinfectants or 
uh, high pressure uh, uh, sterilization or radiation or antibiotics uh, uh, versus uh, because they kill everything, mm -hmm. bad, good, mm -hmm. as opposed to a much more laser guided missile, if you will, uh, approach that is possible with bacteriophages when we target only the bad bacteria and leave the rest intact. Good bacteria. Well, in one aspect, what you're doing is you're really, you, you're capitalizing on what nature has already offered. We know that there are these viruses that specifically and only infect negative or pathogenic bacteria. You're kind of capitalizing on what those viruses do best in that they are, they're specifically removing the bacteria that none of us want while leaving all the good guys to do their job, which is wonderful. Absolutely. That's the whole concept of the idea. So. In many cases, the bacteriophages that we use actually came from foods, yeah. or they, in all cases, they came from the environment. They are not genetically modified in any way. Uh, in fact, uh, interestingly enough, the, the whole concept uh, is so uh, sophisticated and, and pure, if you will, that the bacteriophage preparations are kosher, they are halal, they are OMRI listed, which means that they are suitable for organic food production. And you are absolutely right. So they came from foods, they came from the environment. All we do is put them in the right concentration, in the right place. It's completely 100% natural. Uh, and and they all they do is if they're targeted foodborne, a bad bacteria is on that food, they'll kill them. Uh, if, the, if the bacteria are not on those foods, they'll just dissipate. They're naturally present on those foods anyway. You know, I just read an article uh, in a health and wellness magazine that they're using bacteriophages now for humans that are dealing with life-threatening dysbiosis, that actually it's one of the most effective treatments in human medicine is blending specific strains of probiotics with specific strains of bacteriophages for people that are dealing with leaky gut, uh, you know, chronic diseases of the GI tract. That it's really a very promising new medical treatment, which is super exciting. Now, we're, we're specifically going to talk about food today. We'll start with human food because that's probably what Intralytics has, uh, fo is focusing on. But of course, my passion is pet food. So talk a little bit about how, how, did, how did bacteriophages make the jump from the human food industry where they're being used safely and naturally then to innovations in the pet food industry? Uh, it's interesting history because when when the company was formed, and I'm one of the co-founders of Intralytics, the idea was to pursue, just like you mentioned, human applications. But uh, the company was formed back in 1998. Not many people in, in Western world at least realized the potential of bacteriophages. So we quickly realized that this was such a novel concept uh, for at least Western medicine that will take you know, enormous efforts to bring this technology into for human therapeutic use. And so we, sh philosophically, we shift the focus, we shifted the focus to food safety applications back then. Uh, we, we are now considering into reversing back and exploring human therapeutic applications. In fact, uh, not to deviate too much from the main story, but we will be starting uh, human clinical trial later this year, and there are other uh, developmental opportunities in the pipeline. But getting back to the food safety, uh, we we were the first company in the world to receive an FDA approval for a phage-based product for food safety applications. So we're very proud of that achievement because there were a lot of skeptics uh, and uh, and it was not simply not done before. So so we, 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 we got that. 
And then since that time, we have uh, three additional products approved by the FDA. And usually when approval comes from the FDA, it is also approved by the USDA. Now, in a, in a sense, uh, in a spirit of full disclosure, I should mention that FDA doesn't really approve anything. People typically use those phrases, the FDA approval. It's not technically approval. FDA either uh, does not object to your definition or issues some kind of a different statutory uh, regulation, but it's they don't approve, in quotation marks, technically anything. So, But I will be using the term FDA approved because most people use it and that's kind of a common, common uh, language. So the first product was FDA approved back in 2006 and that was to target Listeria monocytogenes, a very deadly uh, gram-positive bacterium that triggers listeriosis and, and has a fairly very high fatality rate of almost reaching 25 to 30 percent in susceptible populations such as pregnant women or elderly. And so there is a zero tolerance policy for Listeria monocytogenes in the United States. What that means for human foods that if you find one cell of Listeria monocytogenes in 25 gram of ready-to-eat meat or food, that food is considered adulterated and cannot be sold. So there is a zero tolerance policy. So what we are helping companies do is to make their food safer so that uh, you know humans don't get sick in consuming this food, but also the companies that make those foods uh, can sleep better knowing that their, uh, their food is safer and is not subject of zero uh, tolerance policy now. Uh, in subsequent years, after this first product were approved, we approved three additional products. So we currently have a total of four FDA-approved products. Uh, and those include typical, uh, you know, the bad players in the foodborne uh, diseases uh, uh, realm. So this is, again, Listeria monocytogenes was first. E. coli 015787 uh, was the second. And then Salmonella, of course. Uh, and then we recently approved uh, a force product that targets Shigella. Oh. I think once we had those approvals in place, uh, we started selling uh, some of those products for food, uh, human food safety applications, and more and more companies are getting on board. They, you know, there is an initial apprehension, if you will, uh, just simply not knowing this technology because uh, it's relatively novel and it's somewhat unorthodox. Mm -hmm. But as as years go by and people use it and see all the benefits, I think the number of uh, companies that sell human foods is growing. What is interesting, particularly for this conversation, is that several pet food companies are also taking a very close look at this technology, particularly pet food companies that produce very healthy, you know, untreated raw uh, food diets for, for pets. Well, and certainly that's where my passion is. And, and because FISMA, the Food Safety Modernization Act, also applies to pet foods, yep. that zero tolerance for potentially pathogenic bacteria applies to all pet foods. Now, what's very interesting to me and slightly frustrating is that we know that kibble is certainly not sterile. In fact, the majority of recalls are because of kibble or dry food. In the last couple of years, we know that, that the, the fresh food industry within the pet food industry has absolutely been targeted um, in terms of, of the industry identifying contaminated 
fresh food products. So many of the, uh, almost all of the raw food companies within the pet food industry are very small. They are locally owned. They're using human grade meats and ingredients. They're, the companies are very transparent, but they're also very innovative. They want to provide the freshest, safest products to pet parents. However, with FISMA saying that there is a zero tolerance policy, the fresh food industry is backed into a corner. They either have to use HPP, high pressure pasteurization, to sterilize raw foods, which most companies aren't interested in doing, or they have to become quite innovative, which is how I heard about you and uh, Inetrolytics was through Darwin's Pet Foods. Darwin's decided to use phage technology because they did not want to use HPP. So talk to me a little bit about the difference between HPP and phage, phage technology in terms of how, how does it impact the food? Certainly. Uh, and HPP is a fairly popular intervention, not just for pet food, but also in human foods. And, and of course, there are others such as irradiation uh, and, of course, the chemicals. The, they're everywhere. And so uh, they, each of those technologies is working reasonably well obviously not well enough because we still have you know numerous foodborne outbreaks and food recalls but they 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 are not ineffective they are effective to a degree nothing is 100 percent the fundamental difference with all those technologies including HPP and bacteriophage biocontrol is that discri discrimination basically in one world what those technologies do they kill all bacteria that are in our foods uh, and so if you are really looking for sterile food so then you know irradiation HPP may be a way to go but if you're looking to preserve a full nutritional value of the food uh, realizing that uh, you know most of the bacteria on, on those foods is good for you you don't want to remove them in fact once you remove them you are losing very significant nutritional value think about probiotics People are taking probiotics to replenish their normal microflora. And here, and a big help in, uh, in us maintaining healthy microflora comes from health, eating healthy foods. Uh, if you're not taking dietary supplements, but you're eating fresh fruits and vegetables or healthy foods, you, that's a, a significant way of replenishing your microflora. By using HPP, you're basically removing that uh, from the equation, you have you're trying to get a sterile food. Uh, what bacteriophages do is only kill, let's say in this case, let's say salmonella, and will not kill anything else. So you get this benefit. Your pets get that benefit. They're consuming, uh, so to speak, probiotic, if you like, food with full nutritional value. All they are, all we are doing is removing bad bacteria. Now that's from a purely scientific standpoint, the difference. Now, of course, there are other differences in terms of costs. HPP is very expensive. The equipment uh, could be very expensive. It's a off, it's a off conveyor belt process, so it's a batch processing process. Uh, in the prices can vary from you know 15 to 30 cents per pound. Uh, I'm I'm more familiar with human food prices, so the prices may be slightly different for pet food companies. But I suspect they are in that same ballpark. Yeah, they are uh, very expensive. They're very expensive. So compared to this technology, uh, this will probably cost them on a tune of maybe three to four cents per pound. So it's significantly cheaper. It is again organic uh, 
you know, the kosher halal, if somebody's interested in those certifications, uh, it it's, uh, maintains the nutritional value. It does not impact, uh, you know, taste, aroma of the food. For example, if you use irradiation, some of those foods taste differently. So this phage application doesn't impact it at all. So it's it, it has lots going for it. Uh, but as many as everything in this life, it's not uh, it's not ideal. It's not silver bullet. It has its uh, uh, downside too. And and uh, the one downside that I can think of that, uh, which I kind of try to present as a positive, uh, which is their specificity. It is very positive that they are specific that they only kill the targeted bacteria. But if you look on a, uh, what could be a downside of that specificity, uh, is that if the foods are contaminated with, uh, you know, two types of pathogenic bacteria and you use phage that only kills one, you still have the problem with the other. Sure. And so, so that's something that someone, that everybody needs to keep in mind. There are ways of addressing it. I mean, you, we do have different bacteriophage preparations that kill, target different foodborne pathogens. So you can use a combination of those. In most cases, though, it's usually one or two bacterial targets that represent the biggest problem. For pet food industry, I, I think it's a salmonella that would be on the top of my list. And then, of course, there are other pathogens like E. coli and some others that uh, kind of follow. Yeah, as well as listeria. Interestingly, in the last two years, there's been uh, the majority of fresh foods have been identified as having listeria. Now, there again, I'd like to just mention that dogs and cats can handle their evolutionary bacterial load beautifully. That's not the issue. It, this is not an issue of dogs and cats having, having a problem with their innate bacteria or bacteria that's naturally found in the foods that they would be evolutionarily consuming. The issue is the law dictates that there's a zero tolerance. So the yeah. industry, the fresh pet food industry has to do something. And I will tell you that I appreciate your insight, Sandro, uh, but I also appreciate the innovation in you and the company that you helped to find, to, to, to really found uh, in 1998. You've been yeah. doing this long time, long enough now to be able to recognize that the service you're providing is invaluable to those of us that are looking for preserving whole fresh foods as well as the innate good bacteria, but specifically targeting Listeria E. coli salmonella. This really right. is, um, I think to date, the safest, most effective, but also um, the most holistic, if you will, approach to managing potentially pathogenic bacteria. I agree wholeheartedly. And again, this is comes with a philosophy that we do not want to live in a sterile world. Right. The, we do not want to kill all bacteria. In fact, majority of bacteria are good for us. Mm -hmm. Think about, again, probiotics. We take pills to replenish the normal microflora. So uh, this whole concept that we used to go with, like, you know, let's sterilize everything, it's fundamentally wrong. Yeah. Uh, and there is an increased appreciation of that, uh, and, and things are moving towards looking for much more <clears throat> fine-tuned approaches to just take the bed bugs out of the game and yeah. leave the rest intact. And I think this platform technology is maybe the only thing that I can think of right now today, and I'm sure there will be others uh, coming on board, that allows you to do it. Well, I appreciate your commitment to this uh, non-toxic, really very healthful technology. I appreciate that you're offering these services to the pet food industry specifically. I really appreciate the fact that you're willing to share um, uh, the entire industry. The fresh food industry is benefiting from bacteriophage technology, and I appreciate your part in it. Thank you, Sandra, for joining me. Thank you, Karen. My pleasure. 
My next guest is Justin Magnuson, and Justin and I um, have been friends for many, many years. Um, Justin is the vice president of Raw Bistro Pet Fair, and I met uh, Pat Green, the owner of Raw Bistro, when she contacted me and she said, hey, we're interested, we want you to see the backside of our pet food company. Now keep in mind, this is not tradition within the pet food industry. Very few pet food companies will ever extend invitations for the general public or a scrutinizing veterinarian to come in and evaluate sourcing. Um, I was I flew to Cannon Falls. I met um, the chickens, uh, I'm sorry, the, the turkeys. There's a, a, a like a 140 acre, 140 acre turkey farm. Uh, and I met the turkeys that were out grooming, sitting in trees. They had turkey families. Um, we went to Thousand Hills Cattle Company and we saw the cows on the hill. So the entire group at Rob Bistro was very interested in showing me uh, exactly where the animals came from, uh, the ethical way that they were raised, the ethical slaughter procedure, as well as their safe handling techniques for producing really great farm to table, human grade, organic, ethically raised pet food. So I love that. And I fell in love with the company because of everything that they stood for and the products that they were creating. But specifically today, Justin, I'm having you on as an interviewee because Rob is also doing something very different from the traditional option of HPP for managing potentially pathogenic bacteria. So talk to me a little bit about, so first of all, because maybe not everyone uh, has has heard the backstory of how Rob Easter got started. Obviously, you're, you and Pat are very, very passionate about producing great quality pet food. But, and I'm sure, I can't even imagine the learning curve over the last five years that you have had to hop, not only in dealing with FDA, USDA, but in, in just managing FISMA, which is the Food Safety Modernization Act. So how did you, when you were kind of discussing as, as a company how you were gonna manage pathogens, how did you come up with the option that you are currently using? Yeah, I mean, we looked at some of the different options out there. Um, you know, HPP being one of them, um, and then this phage technology uh, was another, and we just felt that it was the least invasive procedure. I mean, it's, it's the most natural procedure that we found that could control the pathogenic bacteria, meaning the Salmonella, the E. coli, or Listeria, uh, without affecting any of the beneficial microbes in the foods. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And is it, when you, when you approached Interlytics, or Interlytics, I'm assuming that that's the company you're using? Yeah, we are. Yeah. Yep. Yep. When you approach them, uh, they, they, then you partner together and you show them their products. How does that system work with you, de you deciding that you're going to use bacteriophages as a means of controlling the, the uglies that could be present in raw meat? We brought in some sample kits. It's something that we've been working on for over the, I guess, in the last 18 months or so um, and doing you know, small sample batches and testing the product to see uh, the efficacy yeah. of of the phage, like was it actually working? Um, and over time, we just built our processes within our plant um, to make it the most effective um, that we can. Yeah. And so, how do you how do you test the efficacy? Like, what is what does that process entail? Sure. So, I mean, we basically um, make a small batch and you know, with phages, without phages, uh, and we're testing in, you know, sending in tests 
to a lab, you know, to test for Salmonella, E. coli, um, or Listeria, uh-huh. uh, and looking at um, what what that test result comes back as uh, with a phage and without a phage, essentially. And are you finding good, excellent, terrific control? What have you found? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it has been. I, I think, uh, um, I want to say it's been like 98%. Wow, okay, yeah. So, so about as good as you're going to get using natural control options. Yes. Okay, and was there a clear reason why Rob Bistro opted not to use HPP? Um, or, or talk to me about how you ended up, yes, absolutely, bacteriophages would be the most natural. Is, did you make a conscientious decision to intentionally avoid HPP as a company? We did, yeah. We've, we've never wanted to do HPP. Um, simply, I mean, we know, um, we know food is, has tons of microbes within it. And, and really, the only, the only thing we're trying to pre- prevent is Salmonella, E. coli, or Listeria, okay. you know, and there's all these other beneficial microbes within the food that you don't want to um, uh, destroy. Destroy yeah. exactly. And HPP, we felt like it, you know, it doesn't differentiate between good or bad, bad bacteria. Yep. And are you using it in all of your products, Justin? Yep. Okay. Yeah. And. Um, have you have you found that people have sought out raw bistro because of this technology? That's something that I have had people ask me. Gosh, I'm so nervous about pathogens. What do I do? And I'll say, you know, investigate companies that are using some of these more natural options. Are you having people that are specifically interested in this approach? You? Um, not yet, but we haven't um, we haven't made a big deal yeah, about it. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, it's kind of um, something that we've just we've taken and you know as a safety precaution. Um, to producing our food and, um, you know, I mean, it's a, we want to produce a clean, safe food. Yeah. And you're doing that. Well, I appreciate the fact that you have really focused on creating an innovative way without having to sterilize this amazing food that you're producing. I appreciate that you're taking uh, this extra step in uh, controlling potentially pathogenic bacteria, but still leaving all the other good bugs adequate and in the food. So I appreciate that. And Thank I you. appreciate all that Robistro is doing in terms of transparency to move the pet food industry forward. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, real quick too, Dr. Becker, as uh, you mentioned coming down to see us, and um, it's actually interesting, next week we have a, a whole group of retailers coming down to the turkey farm, uh, coming through our facility and, and so forth. So. It's wonderful. And so this is a really good example. Uh, call your pet food manufacturer and ask for a tour and see if that happens. I think that you could be one of only a handful in the world that would happily schedule that, but I'm proud of you for doing that. I'm proud of you for leading the way and shifting this industry through transparency and being honest about wanting to, and you should be proud of everything you're doing, but you're also interested in actually showing the backside of the story in production. And for that, not only is it admirable, I'm hoping that other pet food manufacturers do the same. Thank you. Thanks, Justin.